around the world and coast to coast. This is the Phil Nason Show. You're listening to AFR, the Armed Forces Radio Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes. We're going to talk NBA basketball. I want to thank Bovada and the Dollar Shave Club for presenting this show. I want to thank Armed Forces Radio for airing this show. I also want to send a big shout-out and a congratulations to Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports. They have just published their very first fantasy baseball draft guide. In fact, I was honored to assist in that with writing an article on DFS, Daily Fantasy Baseball. It's pretty lengthy. The guide is amazing. I've already seen it. And if you go over to LennyMelnickFantasySports.com, it's $9.99. It's interactive for you online. It's amazing. You're going to love it. And it is what it is. It's awesome. That's what it is. Awesome. Just like my guest. Please welcome from Pure Point Hoops, Rob Holloway. You're in the house. Yes, I am, man. I'm real glad to be back with you, Phil. How about that? I brought you back. Uh, I'm always humbled to be on your show, man. Got some real nice topics today, too. Awesome stuff today. All-Star Weekend, dude. So much to say, man. Let's get into it. All right. I I, I hear you. Uh, All-Star Weekend, what was your favorite thing about it? Uh, so I must admit, and I know a lot of people aren't really big on this guy, but I am a oh, Kevin Hart fan. I knew fan. this was coming, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've been watching all his uh, his stand up comedy um, since way back when. So okay. Uh, so his <laughs> his introductions for uh, for the uh, for the All Star guys uh, for the All Star game. I don't know. I've, that that junk had me rolling. Okay. Yeah, me I had, too. I rolled to my mute button. But <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, I have I, a funny story to tell you. Uh, I used to host a show. I think you knew this called Blazers Edge. It was a Portland Trail Blazers show. Yeah. And prior to that, I was I lived in Greece for twelve years. I had never heard of Kevin Hart, never. Oh. And and his name came up on the show, and I didn't know who they were talking about. He was trying well, to be funny. I guess he is supposed to be. I've never seen him in real life comedy. I just see him in these little deals where he tries to be funny. Maybe he over tries. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, you. That's what you have a mute button for. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I do get that feeling that he does, like, try too hard. Like, he – I understand you didn't hear about him, like, you know, back then. You know, he kind of came up quick. Right. Um, He gained a lot of traction in a small amount of time. But uh, he is one of those guys that, you know, he does the – he has the same type of humor, like, every single time out. Okay. Um, so his his humor isn't very versatile, in my opinion. But to me, like – I know it gets me, so it gets me laughing. Well, you know, I saw him in that celebrity game he was playing, and he was pretty good in it, and that's how it came up on that show. Whatever, you know, I would have been unable to speak around all those Laker girls, so I would have been in trouble, you know. (laughs) And the Clipper girls, they're not quite where the Laker girls are, and maybe one day I'll do a show on the top 10 cheerleading units or dance teams or whatever you want to call them now. But, uh, you know... um, yeah, Kevin Hart tried. He got hammered on Twitter. It's okay, though. Here's why. He's picking up a big check for this. And most of the Twittiots out there aren't picking up anything except 140-character assassination attempts. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is, you know. But uh, it would, as far as the skills competition and the slam dunk and uh, the shooting, I was, I'm a big fan of the three-point shot. I, mm-hmm. I don't miss that. I love the dunk because I, I'm a big fan of Larry Nance. And watching him throw the alley-oop for his son, and his son did that dunk that Nance won the dunk competition. His father did the competition. So that was cool. What about that weekend? What was it fun for you? Did you watch any of it? I did. And um, the most fun for me was the the Rising Stars. Like, I love watching the young guys play. Right. And... um the athleticism that was really on display was, you know, it was, it really caught my eye. <clears throat> that sounds, that's good. I mean, 
You know what I liked about that too? That I like that Rising Stars game. And the reason I do is because you get to see some of these young guys who are on really bad teams and they get out there and people say, well, this guy sucks like Bogdanovich, for example. He plays for Sacramento. He sucks. That's what people say. And he got to shoot the ball a little bit. Dylan Brooks from Memphis got to shoot. You know, we got to see the higher profile guys. We expect that. But some of these guys like Bogdanovich and like Dylan Brooks who don't get the pub that, say, a Joel Embiid gets, they got to shine. And I thought that was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. I also like that that new look of the skills challenge too. Okay. Um, Lori Markkinen, I'm a, I'm a fan of this kid from Chicago. Oh yeah. And I feel like a lot of, you know, people give Porzingis like a lot of, a lot of praise for being such a, you know, tall guy who can obviously stretch the floor and put it down. I mean, put it on the floor and make a play. Right. Markkinen has the, you know, a very similar, if not really identical skill set. And I think he does it with a little more, Quickness, a little bit more athleticism. He's got a fast release, too. I think his release is a lot faster. And he, he gets it off quick. And that's good. I'm a big fan of Laurie Markinen. Uh, my friend, she drafted him in uh, her league, and probably people didn't even understand who he was. And he's doing fantastic. I like. I really enjoyed that game, though. And, you know, while we're on the subject, Ben Simmons played in the All-Star game or in the Rising Stars game. And we mm. want to send a shout out to our friend Brad. Um, Brad played basketball against uh, a lot of these guys in Australia, and he's having some surgery tomorrow. So we want to send him a big shout out. Let him know we're thinking of him. He worked with us two summers ago, right? Was it two summers ago now? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was two summers ago. So we want to make sure he's a big fan of Rob's, and he he listens to the show. He's a very good support, loyal guy. And we just want to wish him a very speedy recovery. Very tough kid. I yeah, think man. Shout right out now. to Brad. Shout out to Brad, man. He he's one of those guys that has a huge a huge heart. You know, absolutely. Um, one of those guys that you're always gonna get good vibes from, and there's not a lot of people out there like that. So gotta definitely appreciate those people when they come into your life. So speedy recovery, Brad. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be listening when he comes out of surgery. I'm sure to correct me on all my mistakes. <laughs> but uh, no, he's a great guy and he's been through a lot in his young life and and to keep that optimistic attitude, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. You know, you don't see that. We we watch these millionaires play basketball and sometimes they're not very optimistic. And it's always good to uh know people who are. And uh I guess we can get to Fergie. <sighs> the national anthem. You know, this is really odd. I actually got up and um grab some snacks and I heard it from the downstairs and I was like what the heck is that I I mean I I got it and, and I'm not criticizing her because you know quite frankly she can sing and she really did a nice job doing whatever it is she was trying to do I would call it cabaret right oh my <laughs> I don't honestly I don't know I don't know what to call it. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and, and butcher her either. That's a good um, idea. Yeah. Be, <laughs> I mean, she, you know, she made a name for herself for you know, for her vocals. You know, being a vocal talent. Um, but I didn't. I honestly didn't catch the full performance. I was actually leaving to go to go get my laundry, and I heard like <laughs> the beginning, like twelve seconds, and I let my door shut after I heard. Some something I heard something honestly, and I let my door shut and I didn't turn back. So, um, I did play it back though. Yeah, once I, did I, too. I saw some stuff on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and man, um, there were definitely better things to come <laughs> with All Star Weekend. Yeah, so. you got that right. Uh, I like the fact that they played defense too, or they tried to a little bit at the end of the game, especially they got that double team, but the winner. The winning team each got a hundred grand. Now, what did you think about the draft itself? I, I like the format, but a friend of mine and I were talking about it, and he was like, "They should do it because fantasy basketball is such a huge thing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially that daily, that FanDuel, DraftKings stuff. And wouldn't it be cool to have like an auction draft or a fantasy type draft and televise it so people could watch? They would get a higher." Uh, 
rating than ever, probably. And I think it would be pretty cool and to do something along those lines. What did you think? Did you think they should have filmed that thing? I think they definitely should have filmed it. And I, I mean, I thought it would be sort of similar to like the like the draft lottery. You know, right. they would have like a obviously they have a represent representation of each team. Of course. And or and they have like the like they can even have the little the balls dropping or the or, or like little name tags or something that they would put up. But um, I think I agree. I definitely think that the ratings would shoot through the roof because this is something new that no one has ever seen before. And I love the new format, to be honest. Um, I like that they, they you can mix it up now from between East and West players. And I think it adds a little bit more of a narrative. If you're if you're looking for <laughs> looking for a story to write um, throughout the whole <laughs> throughout the whole All Star game, the commentators are always trying to uh, trying to make something out of nothing. Or, right. Yeah, that's you know, true. They do. Yeah. Oh, do you see Kevin Durant play defense on Steph Curry? And oh, is that a sign that, you know, turmoil is going to be starting? Like, it's just another way for them to kind of spark a story. So, yeah, the other one was uh, LeBron passed the ball to a Laker or something. Hey, he's coming to the Lakers. No, wait, I'm sorry. He passed the ball to uh, Bradley Beal. And they said, well, maybe he'll go to Washington. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, they, they have to come up with something. I mean, it's not an easy yeah. job to call that game because there's a lot of offense. It's very fast. But still in all, it was fun. All-Star weekend. It was nice. It really was nice. But now we're heading into the home stretch. We got some of these teams have like 22 games remaining. Others have 26. And I thought kind of what we could do, because it's so close to the playoffs, is let's have a little fun tonight and let's speculate where these guys are going to, who's going to play who in the first round. What do you think about that? That's good. Toronto, Miami. What do you think about that series? Toronto sweeps Miami this year. Okay. That's a four good games call. to none. Really? Four games to none. You don't think Miami can pull off one game? Cause they've been <sighs> playing pretty well. I, I'm a fan of Miami and I'm definitely a, a fan of Eric Spolstra. Right. And they got a young guys really balling out, but I feel like we, we go through this every single year with Miami of, oh, they have momentum. Oh, they have momentum. And then for whatever reason, you know, they die off or that momentum dies off okay. or yeah. they're not talented enough or they don't have like that go to the, that, that one star player to kind of get them over the hump. And Toronto's playing good basketball this year. Very can, good. They're like, you the, can't, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the number one seat this year. And honestly, I didn't predict that. I don't think anyone predicted Toronto to be the number one seed I this year. I never do. White Vegas, I never give them their props. <laughs> I never do. All right. You know what? I got I got breaking news for you. We're going to – wait. you know what? That's my uh, bold prediction. Kawhi is likely out for the rest of the season. I, I'm going to make that bold prediction later, but that's crazy. I was just looking at the standings because I believe that the uh, Toronto Raptors have won 11 in a row heading into the break – or seven in a row. I'm sorry. I like that series, though. And, and here's why, what I like the most about it is that Miami probably shouldn't be there, and they're more than likely going to win the uh, Southeast. And that's a, a very nice feather in their cap. People have been down on Eric Spolstra since uh, LeBron was there. They say, well, he, win he won because of LeBron. Well, his teams are still winning, and I think that's a credit to him. I think he doesn't get enough credit for the hard work that he's put in and i got news for washington wizards fans miami's going to catch you and they're going to be a top seed and this, this series isn't going to happen because Miami's going to be the number four seed in the east and the wizards oh. are going to be the sixth seed in the east but if it but there's a whole premise of this is if it happened today mm-hmm so what do you think happens with washington and indiana I think Washington gets waxed. Really? I don't, I don't trust that team. I never have. I like Bradley Beal. I like John Wall, but John Wall's not an elite point guard anymore. He just isn't. He has not played at the elite level in a long time. Well, a year and a half maybe. I think that Beal is the best player now on that team, but I don't think they have enough. And when I look at this Indiana team, who 
for whatever reason, I mean, they traded away. Look at this is the storyline. Then you talked about narratives. What a narrative! You trade away your unhappy all star. You get these two guys that people thought were garbage because they played for the Thunder and they had to watch Russell Westbrook do his thing. And Demata Sabonis and Victor Oladipo are crushing it. And now it isn't the isn't the Paul George trade anymore. It's the Victor Oladipo trade. And I think Indiana pulls one off. I'm a big fan of Nate McMillan, and I think he pulls one off. I think Washington is a paper tiger I have for a long time, and that's how I feel. I'm so happy that you mentioned uh, Victor Oladipo. Ooh. I've been a I've been a big fan of that guy uh, since he was in Orlando. Right. Me um, too. He he's always reminded me of a Dwayne Wade ish kind of two guard. Right. You know. Um, you know, hard nosed defender, super athletic. Um, and I remember seeing box scores um, of, of some Magic games way back when. And, you know, the Magic would lose by like, you know, probably minus seven, minus eight. But Victor Oladipo would be the only guy um, with a with a plus minus with a positive plus minus on the team. You know, and that plus minus would be plus four, plus five. And I don't right. think people really understand how difficult it is and how many different facets of the game you have to you have to positively affect to have a, a positive that high of a positive plus minus when you lose the game by, you know, <laughs> seven or eight points. See, that's called knowledge, folks. He's dropping knowledge. That's why he's on the show. <laughs> but it, that's exactly right, because he's always seems to be in the plus side, even on the sorry Oklahoma City team. And it's gotta be tough to play alongside of Russell Westbrook, but one thing that happened this summer, though, for uh, Oladipo is he was really scrawny, like like a little kid, and he put on some muscle, like 14 pounds. He credits uh, watching Russell Westbrook work, and that's cool. I like Indiana, but who do you think is going to win that series? Y- you didn't say yet. Oh, the Pacers or, or Washington? Yeah. Uh, I, I got to go with Indiana, too, but I, I give Washington a chance because I still do believe – in that backcourt of Bradley Beal and John Wall, right? I know, I know, <laughs> the ship has kind of sailed for some people on John Wall, but uh, he he is inconsistent, but he is one of the better facilitators in the game. So, and if he if he can, he's one of those guys. Like if his jump shot is going, then he's a completely different player, and he affects the game in a completely different way. So, you know, his jump shot is going to be open up the floor for for him to penetrate, and when he can penetrate. You know, he can really get that that Wizards team fired up. So I think Pacers, I'll call the Pacers in five. I'll give the Washington Wizards one game, but I call Pacers in five. Yeah, if all this shakes out, because they still have um, over 20 games each. Celtics and Philly. Are you enjoying the Philly story? I think you are. I I am such a big fan of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I love right. the personality of Embiid. Oh. And uh, I, I followed Ben Simmons um, all through his his rehab um, from his you know his actual rookie season, um, I think Ben Simmons is definitely the rookie of the year. Even though there are some some guys giving him a run for his money, but I still think he's a lot for me. Oh, I'm gonna I, name his name later. <laughs> uh oh, the guy uh, who I think is the rookie of the year, but uh, okay. For sure. Um, I was. I think this is going to be a very exciting series. Joel Embiid, man, this this kid, man, you're talking about size, length, uh, IQ, skill. Um, he he has a, he has the full package, and oh, I'm yes. glad that he was shooting the ball like he was over the All Star weekend. It kind of showcases his touch a little bit, a little bit more. We all know that he can hit it, but you know he was he was hitting it pretty consistently over the All Star weekend. I liked it. You know what? The one thing that you left out about Joel Embiid, he's also humble. Mm. I mean, he he's like, I don't care about this money. He, you know, he went to watch the Philadelphia Eagles. You know why? Because he wanted to experience it. He's not mm. American. He That's what people forget. He's experiencing things. And he's having a great time. And the biggest experience he's going to have, if this happens is dominating the Celtics because they can't guard anybody big. They picked up Greg Monroe. I don't even know why. What was the point <laughs> of that? And he's not going to do much. Here's a guy, Greg Monroe, so much potential. He's in Detroit, and all of a sudden, who knows what happened? 
he started sulking. Maybe he didn't get his way. Then they trade him to the Bucks, where he signed as a free agent, restricted free agent. They just let him walk, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, he don't play for them either. And then they trade him to the Suns for Eric Bledsoe. And the Suns don't trade him either or play him <laughs> either. And now he's playing with the Celtics, but I got a feeling by the time the playoffs roll around, he won't be playing then either. I, something's not right with the guy. Got yeah, he won't. He won't be a rotational player. He's he's a he's an old school kind of kind of big. You know, his game is more centered uh, around kind of like that. He can step out and hit the 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 fifteen seventeen footer, but yep. you know, he's most effective down there on the block. You know, kind of kind of a back to the basket kind of game. Right, and he's he's not an elite. Um, athlete he's not an elite defender so you know in today's nba there's not a lot of room for guys who can't really protect the rim or stretch the floor you know out to the three-point line i mean so he kind of he doesn't fit into a lot of team schemes no he doesn't you know what though he did fit in detroit because he was playing alongside andre drummond Mm -hmm. i think that has a lot to do with a lot of what you saw from him okay he has his night still he, he's good for a double-double on a lot of nights. But, uh, man, against Joel Embiid. And, and Joel Embiid is not exactly the greatest defender. I mean, if you play daily fantasy, you usually pick on Embiid because he doesn't get it done every night. And that's okay. He doesn't have to. He's got Dario Saric that helps out down there, too. That's mm-hmm. a really good team. But the Celtics, the Celtics are no pushover. They have a great defense. They really do. I got I tip my hat to Brad Stevens, and I've been very critical of him over the years, mainly because of the hype. You know, I didn't think he earned some of the accolades that he had bestowed upon him upon his mm-hmm. entrance to the NBA. Great, but here's the deal: he does have those guys playing defense. They lost Gordon Hayward five minutes into the season, and they're forty and nineteen as they enter the second half of the season. So they must be doing some things right. But where they're going to fall apart, I think, where they fall apart is when they have to play on the road in the playoffs because I don't think Kyrie's that guy. I don't think he is that guy. He's used to being Robin to Batman, and I don't think he's that Mm. guy. I mean, they win a lot of games by 10 points or more. I think they're like 18 and 6. They've been beating a lot of teams, but when you play against 500 teams, it kind of levels out. They're 20 and 14 against 500 teams. So we'll have to see. But if I had to put some w- a wager on this one, sorry, Philly fans, but I'm going to have to go with Boston. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but you got to trust the process, Phil. Oh, I do trust the process. trust the process. But here's the deal. I also trust that Boston has a little more experience. And I, and I may, they make me nervous, Philadelphia. You never know. Look what happened. What happened to Markel Fultz? Now, I was told by some AAU coaches you know, that, that made me look smart. My AAU guys are smart guys. You know, they told me Trey Young isn't all that, and so far I, they've been right. Um, they also said Markel Fultz had an AAU spin move, something that you understand because you know about that stuff. Mm-hmm. If I haven't played college ball, and you're a young fellow, so you understand AAU a little better than I do. AAU was around when I was there, but it wasn't as big as it got. It was still, we had summer leagues and stuff like that with our high school team. We didn't really have AAU teams. But uh, I think that Fultz got some bad advice because how do you go from jacking up threes and making them on a consistent basis to not being able to hit the rim from four feet? I think this. Uh, there's a whole you know, story whirling around about his, um, his – I thought it was his shoulder, and then there was an injury, something with his shoulder. Right. And he was trying to recover from that, and I know he's back now, I suppose. And he doesn't. I agree. He like doesn't look like the same player that he was in college. And you would think that, you know, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that's so, and I agree. He's he's been getting bad advice from somebody. So I mean, if you if you are healed up, there ain't no reason that you should be shooting <laughs> shooting the way that this kid is shooting. I mean, look how low his elbow is. His right elbow is when he releases. It used to be up. And now it's way down, and I don't get it. Maybe the shoulder is the problem. Maybe there's more to it because Philly's never been very good at medical assessment mm-hmm. um, without true. trying to get sued or anything, you know. But uh, anyway, I think that's it would be a good series 
the series that I'm really interested in in the East in the first round, if it does happen, if it was played, if the playoffs began today, would be Cleveland and Milwaukee. What do you think of Cleveland? How did you? I think you saw me post a couple days before that big bust up happened, that I think that's what they should do. Um, what do you think about that bust up? Was that a good move for Cleveland? I did see that post of yours, and I was <laughs> I, I was like, oh, Phil, it's, it's Jack almost like I know plan. something. It's almost like I know something. I was like, that's why I say, man, you're the man with the plan, man. So, um, Cleveland, man, that move. I think it was good because for from a couple of reasons. One, it, you got to get the drama out of your locker room. Oh yeah. Like, there's no way that there's no way as a as a as any sports team can you can't function when you have so much going on outside of basketball. Right. And you know, even even you can see it and even in LeBron's play like He's so he was so uninterested. He was so unmotivated. And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, everyone has to bow down to the king. Um, but, you know, that's just the kind of effect that LeBron has on the team. And, and in some ways, it, I mean, I mean, a lot of ways it can be a positive. Right. And even in some ways, LeBron hurts his team, you know, that's for good observation. everyone to be so dependent upon Everything that he does, he's a he's a ball dominant guy. He's gonna dribble the rock, or he's gonna you know he's gonna he might ISO, he might post up on the block. But either way, the ball is in LeBron's hands. Right. So, depending on the the day, LeBron might be feeling it. He might want to get his teammates involved, and you know he might want to he might want to try a little bit more on defense. He might want to go for that triple double, or you get the the guy who barely closes out on shooters and he plays that he starts playing that ole defense <laughs> people start second guessing his ability to oh my God. to play defense and then oh then the narrative comes out oh is lebron getting old and then he starts hearing the narratives and then decides to turn it up and drop a couple triple doubles back to back and i don't know like i think it was a really good move um to get the drama out of the locker room. That was the biggest thing. Oh, and yeah. one thing that I've always noticed about LeBron-led teams is that when they're most successful, when they're having fun. Right. If you think back to those, even when he was in Cleveland and they were winning, I think mostly in Miami, um, but when his teammates are making plays, he's up, he's, he's you know, he's we call it, we, we dap him up. So, you know, they have their handshakes going. Uh, a guy... The guy, you know, dunks on a guy. The whole bench is going crazy. People are getting up. They're throwing towels. You got guys, you know, creating memes on the side on the bench or whatever. Right. You know, with basketball, you know, it's successful when you're having fun with your teammates. And that's how you know things are, are really clicking. And the chemistry is really at, the, at its strongest. And you didn't get that sense, like, at all um, for this, this whole season with Cleveland, um, with the whole bust which was Isaiah Thomas, right? <laughs> or in Dwayne Wade, pieces that didn't fit. Even from the from the start of the season, um, with J.R. Smith too, with him and his inconsistencies. Um, as as bad as I get, I get on J.R. Smith. I'm not a J.R. Smith fan by any right. means. Okay, um, that's fair too. But I understand when shooters get hot, shooters get hot. And when you're hot, you're hot. When you're cold, you're cold. And Jared Smith is definitely one of those guys. And people were second-guessing whether or not he lost it or not. You know, honestly, basketball is such an – it's one of those energy sports, you know. it's an, Energy is infectious. Right. And when you got a guy like LeBron leading your team and, and he's motivated and he's motivating everybody else, that's when everybody's playing at their highest. And I we finally got to see that. After that trade happened, got oh, young, yeah. energetic, athletic guys come in like Jordan Clarkson. You know, he's a, you know, he's a microwave coming off the bench, ready to shoot that thing. Um, who else did they get? Larry Nance, of course. He's a, he's yep. a, he's a, he's another energy guy that they need. A younger energy guy, um, similar to like Tristan Thompson in that way. Not mm -hmm. a, obviously not a, as great a rebounder, but. Um, somebody that's going to come in who can run the pick and roll, catch and finish off the pick and roll um, to help get that offense energized. Somebody that can throw a lob up to. Um, so they got they got a lot of good pieces in that trade. I think it was a really really good move for them. 
especially oh, yeah. when they needed it. Because oh, yeah. if they weren't going to make a move at the trade deadline, you can – the way that they were playing, they, they'll get bounced in the second round. Against if they somebody. get to the first round, through the yeah. first round, they were awful. You know, uh, I had uh, – well, I'm not going to say anything, but what I will say is this. I had a good feeling, a good – well, you know, you actually know me, and I usually don't talk about things unless I know. <laughs> and I will say this. They got much better. They got younger. They got more athletic, and they got longer. Larry Nance is a finisher. Like you said, that's a good call on that. He's also a good defensive player. And I think Cleveland buries Milwaukee in that series. Milwaukee's a dumpster fire right now. They're playing better than they had when Jason Kidd was the coach. Yeah. But still, you know, dude, it is what it is with that team. I love Giannis. I saw him play when he was a kid in Greece. And I didn't. I couldn't believe that same year he was drafted in the first round. I was shocked. But uh, they must have known something I didn't, and that's fine with me. That's what they get paid to do. I get paid to criticize them, so I guess it's a different <laughs> thing. But uh, I think I like this Milwaukee team, though. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Middleton, and I'm mm. a, and I'm a big fan of Eric Bledsoe, even though he uh, kind of the way he begged out, if you will, of Phoenix. I don't think that was too cool. But whatever, he's a young guy too. You know, you have. Sometimes I forget that these are really young kids, and they don't always make great adult decisions, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't see Milwaukee beating Cleveland. You talked about that energy, and I covered the Cavs last year, if you remember. And one thing I can tell you is I haven't seen LeBron do that in a long, long time. When Jordan Clarkson dunked on uh, or hit a three on Oklahoma City, and LeBron came off the bench and did the same, that Jason Terry jet thing that yeah. Clarkson does, but Clarkson does it just a little differently, his own version, mm -hmm. and LeBron knew that he could do that, and he was out there halfway into the court. I thought he was going to get a tech, but he was having so much fun and hugging each other, and then they got George Hill, and George Hill is that stabilizer. He's like the third or fourth leading uh he has the fourth highest uh, three-point field goal percentage amongst qualified players. He was miserable in Sacramento, and who wouldn't be? And now he's got another chance. And you, when you are a three-point shooter, and you've got a guy like LeBron James setting you up, you, your job is to square up your shoulders and knock it down. And I think that's what they did. I think they got guys who could do that. And I think George Hill was uh, the biggest pickup. Oh, uh, for yeah. Cleveland, um, because they've always been searching for that, you know, for a point guard. I mean, somebody who can, you know, who could run the offense, but more importantly, somebody who can stop the ball. Not, not you don't have to stop the ball, but you know, especially with how athletic guards are in this day and age, right? You know, I don't think you're stopping anybody, but at least, at least have somebody to put the ball, put a body on the ball, and slow the ball down a little bit. Because uh, it starts with on-ball defense, defense. You know, um, Cavs have been such a bad defensive team because, well, not just because, but you know, it kind of starts with the guy on the ball. You know, helping to stop dribble penetration and also communication on the back end. Um, and you know, Jose Calderon is definitely not getting the job done defensively. Well, no, uh, he wasn't. You know, he was okay though. But, uh, again, he's more of a guy who comes off the bench, and he started to hit some jumpers toward the end of the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they, they did a good job getting rid of Isaiah Thomas. I, I could say some things. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. But um, <laughs> now let's move over to the West, bro. By the way, this is Rob Holiday. Rob Holloway. He's my friend on all holidays. Hey. And I got to tell you, this is a young fellow who knows his stuff. You can find him over at... Pure point hoops. Houston and, and the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, we have a friend who's a Pelicans fan, and I think he's going to be disappointed. I don't think the Pelicans are going to make it, but you know something? We're talking about them if it was today. And would, it, do, would the Pelicans have any kind of chance against the Rockets? The Pelicans do not and still would not have... <laughs> a shooter's chance to beat the Houston Rockets, even if they had Boogie Cousins. Um, 
it it'll definitely be. I'm I'm sorry. Like oh, I, I'm a, go I'm a fan. You say of what these you say. You're tires. right. I was I was kind of excited when uh, when Boogie was on his way to New Orleans because you know two of the game's best bigs on one squad and they're, and they're both so versatile offensively and you know even even defensively with you know with AD um, being able to play the four. Um, that's that's an exciting combo. But when you're talking about a Houston Rockets team led by James Harden, you know, he's number one. He's winning MVP this year. You know, um, he's my, he's my favorite to win the MVP this year. And just the, the level that this guy is playing on is still insane. I didn't think he'd be able to kind of uh, replicate that performance from last year. Um it's not so much triple double, but it's just efficiency, and I think that's a huge compliment to Chris Paul. And having Chris Paul be able to share ball handling responsibilities and uh, with James and have him play off ball, it opens up the game for pretty much everybody. And that just happens when you're playing with a you know a pure point guard um, like Chris Paul. So and so uh, kudos to. Chris Paul for coming in to Houston and help, you know, help change, not change the culture, but, you know, help implement uh, a level of efficiency. And I think uh, defensively, these these guys are a lot better, too. I think last year they were kind of just shooting guys out of the gym. Um, you know, sometimes the best defense is an unstoppable offense. And I think that's what Houston's game plan was last year. But I think Chris Paul gives them a extra uh, toughness that they definitely needed. Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing any kind of <laughs> James Harden meltdowns this year in the playoffs. And that that was just weird, man, how that happened last year. And the year before and the year before and the year before. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is uh, that's uh, I agree with that. I, I don't think that Harden's going to have those issues. And even if he does, I don't think it would matter against the Pelicans. It's probably not going to matter against too many teams. You know, Houston shoots almost 53-pointers a night. That's a lot. Yeah. Last year, our, our other mutual friend, Brian Scalabrini, I'm just, we're just dropping names everywhere. We know both of us know Scal pretty well. And uh, Mike D'Antoni was on their show on Sirius, and he said that his goal is for them to shoot 103-pointers in a game. Really? That's, that's insane. How can you do that? You don't wow. even shoot 100 shots in a game. But that's how fast he wanted to play. And, you know, the big thing about the Rockets, everyone were talking about the Rockets, how does Chris Paul and uh, James Harden coexist? Because Harden plays more up-tempo, and Chris Paul likes to kind of walk it up the floor. They don't seem to have missed a beat. <laughs> and even when they're both hurt, they're, they haven't been hurt together at the same time, they still don't miss a beat. And they shoot, shoot, shoot. This Clint Capella kid is fantastic. Boogie Boogie Cousins would probably, eh, he would have probably made some kind of difference. Obviously, he's an impact player. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Davis is in a center. He's not a five. He's not going to be able to mix it up with them. This is going to be a high-scoring series. I like Drew Holiday. He's had a good year. Rondo, you never know with playoff Rondo, which one he'll show up. Houston wins that one five four games to one on it to be honest I won't, I won't even give new orleans one game wow i can't uh, you're a harsh grader coach <laughs> i i mean it's I, I just call it how i see it man i don't yeah, anthony I davis isn't enough I he's, think, he's anthony davis and bookie cousins aren't aren't even enough but no. you know especially with no cousins no um drew i like drew he's one of those kind of like the middle of the pack point guard he's he's solid solid defender yeah um, but to me he's, he's just inconsistent on the offensive end um they don't they simply don't have enough firepower to hang with houston well they don't but you know um you mentioned the fact that he's a good defender whoever he guards the other one is going to go off mm-hmm. because rondo's not going to play much defense he never well he grabs some shirts and that's like john stockton used to do but <laughs> Whatever it is, what it is. Golden State in Portland. You're a Portland. You. This is a good. I would say of the four matchups in the uh, West, this is the most intriguing because Portland could actually hurt that team. 
you really do you really believe that phil yes i do actually oh, um, here's goodness. why i believe this Nurkic does really well against teams like that. Damian Lillard has always played well against Golden State. If you can get those guys, the problem with Portland, though, is that McCollum and Lillard don't go off at the same time. I haven't seen that once, and that doesn't bode well for them. You know, I want to say they'll give them a run, though. I don't think they're going to get blown out of any games, but Golden State hasn't played that good this year. They haven't convinced me. Well, eh, they have actually, but I don't know that they're going to be ready until it really matters. I, they look tired. You know what they look? They look like LeBron sometimes. They're they've been in so many finals and they played so much basketball that they're just tired. I think they just know how great they are, and they know get this regular season out of the way. Let's go, so we yeah. can win another championship. And I believe that they can flip the switch when they choose to um, because you have two MVP caliber players on your team and you, you have a, such an unselfish system. and Defensive gotta, player of the year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Draymond. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the problem. You forget about <laughs> that. When you think about this, this is sickening in a way. They don't. Where did they have so many go-to guys? And Clay Thompson is the forgotten guy, and he's probably the best shooter on the team. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's a good defender. Mm-hmm. Underrated. Yeah, all right. All he's right, still let's, underrated. Let's move on from this. Then you're right. I think you're you're right. I, I have. To, I was trying to give the Portland people some hope. I used to be their voice for the fan base, but the fan base turned on me when I was right <laughs> and they were wrong. Denver and the Spurs. I'm going to make my bowl prediction now, and you can make yours later. I'm going to make mine now because I made this actually. I write, as you know, I write for Creative Sports. Yes, uh, in the listener, I write for Creative Sports too, and I did a whole series this week on predictions and uh, second half, and this was my prediction. This is my bowl prediction for now, now that it's going to happen. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't return by March 1st, and we know now that he's probably not going to. The Spurs are going to go into tank mode. If they do, they'll still finish second in the Southeast. If they don't and Leonard returns, they still finish second in the South or Southwest, I'm sorry, and sixth seed in the West. So I think they could actually tank and fall completely out of it. They have a, My guy who will be on here next week, he watches them, he covers them, and he says that, Pop hasn't been trying to win much. He doesn't seem to have that intensity this year because he knows he's not going to have Kawhi. But I like Denver, dude. Don't you? I like Denver, but I I kind of get that that Jeremy Lin kind of feel, <laughs> that flash <laughs> in the pan kind of feel. Okay. And I feel like they've been playing well. Right. And even I, we, I feel like we all can agree that you know they've been playing. They've been they overachieved this year so far for the first half of the season. Season they've they've overachieved, okay. and yet they're still the sixth seed in in, in the Western Conference. Which is hard. I mean, yeah. Well, look at the teams ahead of them. We'll get into the two of them that are surprising. But look at those teams. You know, Jokic had a terrible first three months, and he was I guess he was banged up. But they seem to be getting better. They don't have a point guard, though. I, I like Jamal Murray, but come on. He, he's inconsistent. They're close, yeah. though. I'm a fan of Denver, though, dude. And I think that Denver knocks off the Spurs. Is that your bold prediction? Well, my bold prediction is the Spurs are going to miss the playoffs. They're going to tank and get a pick. Oh, wow. Yeah, because there are only three games. There's only a three-game separation there between the third seed and the eighth seed in the West. So I think maybe they just do what they did when David Robinson got hurt all those years ago and just tank and let the old fellas go out there and run the, run out their clock on their careers and get a young guy in there to compliment Kawhi. And then you've got this other kid that's playing point guard for them, DeJounte Murray. He let him play a little bit more. And you've got this other kid, Kyle Anderson, who's a nice player too. And you just redo it for next year. 
Well, I don't think it's set in stone that Kawhi is going to be there long term. Um, oh, but I, I think he will be. But okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and and actually, San Antonio has something to do with my bold prediction. Ooh, you can make it now then. Um, so I was my bold prediction was, you know, if the playoffs did start today, um, you know, this three and six matchup with San Antonio and Denver. Obviously, I think Denver's knocking off San Antonio. Uh, I won't go as far as as you did as um, San Antonio not making the playoffs. I okay. think they will make the playoffs. Okay. And a Greg Popovich coach team will get bounced in the first round. That's a big call too. Yeah. That's... And I, n- I never would have thought that I would have <laughs> thought that, but you know, it's it's not really it's not looking promising in San Antonio, like you said. Um, and I'm not a fan of. The, I'm not. I just don't believe in the talent that they have there. Okay. I think uh, I think I am kind of harsh on these guys. <laughs> well, but, that's okay. It doesn't. It, it's fair. It, you know what? Their people are harsh on them too. And this is a team that's made it to the playoffs twenty consecutive seasons. Mm-hmm. The second team in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks, have made it to ten consecutive seasons, and we already know they're not going to make the playoffs. The third team with the longest consecutive streak of playoff appearances is the Memphis Grizzlies with seven and they're not going to make it this year you could have the three teams that have been the most successful in terms of reaching the playoffs none of them make it this year and I think there's some positives to take away from that you know I mean I think it's great that you know the talent is kind of being dispersed throughout the league and you know other markets are experiencing some level of success like I love seeing Denver um in the playoff mix. I love seeing Portland in a playoff mix, especially Philly, like in over in yeah, the, the Eastern yeah, Conference. Yeah. Like those Philly fans have been <laughs> dying for something since Allen Iverson. So Yeah, I have to be careful now. I, I have Philly fans that I you know, from the summer that I coach so and I will think of the world of who listen to the show and then they get sad when I say bad things. So I have to be careful. But I agree with all everything that you said. It is fun to talk about a team like Denver making the playoffs. It is fun to talk about a team like the Portland Trailblazers making the playoffs a game. You know what's fun? The Minnesota Timberwolves against the Thunder. That's going to be one of the most exciting, like first round match. Well, if that was the first round matchup for um, you know for the West, if I had to choose, you know, if I had to sit down and watch like a full series, this would, I would be the cho- one. This would be the one because. I would love to see how OKC continues to play, you know, as the uh, as the season progresses and into the playoffs. Because you know, of course, you know it was it was a pretty rocky start, and everybody was, including myself, you know, it was everyone was saying that you know it wasn't going to work from the get go, and you know you get ball dominant guys like Carmelo and Russell Westbrook, they can't make it work because. <laughs> West Brick is going to some way <laughs> Russell's going to find a way oh my. to blow the whole thing up. Um, no, Rob is not my son. I only adopted him. Seriously <laughs> though. But you know so hey, by the way, I don't I, I didn't tell you this, but last week I was on the Thunder pregame show. No, you did tell me. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. right, I did. I um, said pray for me, right? I asked your mom to pray for me is what I did. <laughs> because, you know, and I'm doing another one with them Saturday. In fact, the Thunder guy's coming on the show tomorrow. But nice. uh, this is fun. But you're right. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The Timberwolves are going to knock that team off. Oh. Mm. They've been manhandling that, that squad all season long. They say I, they haven't. You listen to Thunder people and they say, well, the referees. No, your team's not as good as you think it is. And, and I think for for real, I think the Timberwolves are going to knock them off. Jimmy Butler, if you remember, like the fourth week into the season, he said right in the newspaper, he said, I got to play better. I have to lead these guys. And he has. The only thing that's going to keep them and prevent them from knocking off the Thunder is going to be the, their defense. And that's a very weird thing to say about a Tom Thibodeau team mm-hmm. is that they don't play very good defense, but I don't think he's worried about that. I think what he's trying to do is solidify this offense. 
He's not worried. He'll get what he gets out of it this year. But watch out for that team next year. I I I, I, I can't agree. Okay, uh, that's fine. The, no, you're not hurting my feelings. Most I'm, people don't. I'm a believer in, you know, star talent. I know you are. Um, and I am too in a way, but go ahead. And they don't Minnesota doesn't have any any superstar talent. I mean, I won't say super superstar talent, but they don't have any superstar players. Um Andrew Wiggins has gotten better every single year he's been in the league. Yes. He's been one of my favorite young guys. Um, fastest second fastest guy to, to 3000 points. Oh, really? You know who the fastest was? LeBron Bron, of course. LeBron Bron, yeah. Oh, that's my guy. Um I just I don't know. I think I think Paul George is really going to surprise a lot of folks come postseason. Uh, I think he's going to be the difference maker um, in whatever success that OKC has. Right. I think I think you're gonna I think you know what you're gonna get from Russell Westbrook. You know he's gonna have flashes of greatness. He's gonna have flashes of what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, Carmelo Anthony is. I think he'll he'll turn it up a notch and he'll he'll be more efficient come come playoff. Um. And but I think Paul George is really going to surprise everybody with his play. I mean, he, and he has like, especially right before the All Star break. I feel like he's been kind of playing. He's been playing lights out basketball, and I think all his, his whole skill set is going to be on display. Okay, that's fair. You know what though? I still think the T Wolves knock them off. I I just do. I have this feeling. I think Carl Anthony Towns has had a good year too, and I think that uh, Jeff Teague is going to be the difference in that series. If he comes to play, I think he will be the difference. We got through it again, didn't we? That we did, man. It's like sitting on the front porch up at Camp Caribou, huh? <laughs> the boo life. Dude, and I got an extra chair now, so if you come up there, I won't make you sit in the mud anymore. <laughs> Good. I'm not trying to. Uh, I don't need none of that. No, no, I'm only kidding. Uh, we had fun up there that summer. And Definitely. Brad, you take care of yourself, okay? We'll be talking to you tomorrow, and that's going to wrap it up for today's show. You can find my favorite guest, Rob Holloway, at purepointhoops.com. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good, and most important, Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.